everybody. How are y'all doing? I'm Michael. I'm joined by Alex, as always. How's it going? And this is a new episode of Falling Through Potholes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And today, we actually have a special guest with us, uh, Matt, a.k.a. Cartridge Blowers. How are you doing, buddy? I'm well. How about yourselves today? Oh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm um, filled up with donuts. I have three different mm-hmm. notes tabs opened, and I am ready to talk about just the hottest video game plot lines today. You know, I've never, never partaken, but that kind of sounds to me what being on meth feels like. Oh, yeah. It, you know, yeah. as a person who's taken care of many patients who have been high on meth, yeah. I feel kind of out of my mind right now and a little itchy. So, Mm, yeah. Neat. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, yes. But, you know, thankfully, uh, thankfully I'm not on meth. So I'll be able to actually read these uh, notes and hopefully be able to put together something that's going to be mildly coherent. But given we're going to be talking about some Japanese RPGs, uh, there's not really a guarantee about that. That's true. Coherence is not their strong point, huh? Uh, Not... Always, not always. But with that, I, I do want to ask uh, both of y'all a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so Alex, I'll have you answer this first. Okay. Uh, are you all familiar with the 1992 U.S. men's Olympic basketball team? <laughs> the, not... the Dream Team, baby. Yeah. Uh, I've I've heard of the Dream Team, but I've never really looked that much into it. Oh, boy, I'm excited about this. Let me tell you all about the Dream Team. (laughs) (laughs) Please please do. So, start. there's a little bit of background here. Prior to 1989, FIBA, which is the governing body for international basketball, they had a rule in place for Olympic teams. Professional players could compete in the Olympics unless they played in the National Basketball Association, a.k.a. Mm. the NBA. Now, this is where all the good American players were, but that usually didn't matter. Um, the U.S. would just send collegiate players and would still win gold medal after gold medal. Right. That is until 1988, when the United States was upset by the Soviet Union, who eventually won gold over Uh-oh. Yugoslavia. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh, and whenever the U.S. loses uh, at basketball, I don't know if you know this, Alex or Matt, mm. uh, they tend to go a bit nuclear and vow basketball-related revenge against the rest of the world. Sure, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. So what happened is that they ended up lobbying FIBA hard to get them to rescind that rule, and they did in, uh, in 1989. And now this gave U.S. basketball ample amount of time to convince the NBA, who was not really sure about whether or not they should let their players you know, go and compete in the Olympics, mm-hmm. uh, to let them use them, which they eventually went, okay, fine. And by the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona, uh, U.S. basketball assembled what is probably the greatest basketball team ever created. Mm-hmm. Called the Dream Team by Sports Illustrated, they consisted of eleven Hall of Famers, all but one of them in their prime, and I consisted of players like Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson, and like this team was so good that their worst players were arguably a decrepit Larry Bird who was thirty-five mm-hmm. and had a broken back at that time, <laughs> <laughs> and Christian Late, yeah, poor Larry. And Christian Leitner, who at that point was still a collegiate player. Yeah, Christian Leitner was still in college, and like mm-hmm. he, was, he dra- got drafted the next year, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. He was actually a controversial selection, because it was either going to be him or Shaq that was going to get on the team. Mm, yeah. And while Shaq obviously is going to go on to have a much more impressive career, like Leitner still had like a 14-year career, and he literally 
was just off of hitting one of the biggest shots in NCAA history. Uh, literally just called the shot and is featured every <laughs> montage of the NCAA tournament ever. Right. So good reason to have him on there regardless. So, so basically this is the team that, you know, the aliens and Space Jam were wanting to steal the powers from. Mm-hmm. Basically, yep. yeah. Got it. Yeah. Thank you for adding that framing. Makes sense now. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, just substitute Sean Bradley for Christian Leitner, and there you go. You yeah. basically have the Monstars. Gotcha. So, needless to say, this was they were an absolutely unstoppable force. Like, the closest game that they had was the gold medal game against Croatia where they won by 32 points in a performance that was just a complete sleepwalk. Like, the entire Olympics was a sleepwalk in the sense of, like, Mm -hmm. they tried for the first half against Angola, their first game. Uh They very quickly realized they didn't have to, and they still won that game by 52 points. (laughs) My God. Yeah, and, like, after every game, like, they would, like, the other team would pose with them. They would have their pictures taken because they were like, holy shit, it's Michael Jordan. Right, right. Uh, And... This ended up having an incredibly huge impact, not only in the United States, but the rest of the world. Uh, it's credited for the international boom when it came to basketball. Like right mm. now, a lot of international teams are maybe not quite with parity with the United States, but it's now not a given that the U.S. is ever going to win a gold medal ever again. Right. right. And in large part, many great international players, such as uh, Manu Ginobili, for instance, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, NBA Hall of Famers themselves, uh, they credit the Dream Team with getting them interested in basketball. Hmm. And the point I'm trying to make with this is that people love Dream Teams. The idea of the greatest in their fields getting together to do great things. Mm-hmm. And it it's makes it... like, we were like all-star games, right? You know? Yeah. Like, those, those are special events. Those are big, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, you always want to see the best and brightest doing their... Doing their... Just living their best lives and doing the greatest things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes, makes sense. But it makes it really disappointing that this doesn't happen in video games as often as you would think. True. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see... Okay, this is a really bad example that just jumped into my head, but it Mm -hmm. is. You don't see, like, Hideo Kojima and Ken Levine getting together to write a a massive epic, you know? Mm. (laughs) That sounds awful. (laughs) It does, yeah, that sounds really bad. It sounds really bad, but I kind of want to will to an existence now. Um... (laughs) <laughs> how about a better think, go ahead i think like the uh the I, maybe the best most recent example is probably like elden ring right mm-hmm. where you got like hitotaka miyazaki from from software and like mm-hmm. george rr R. martin working together to sort of make this weird world that is obviously very very popular at the time of this recording you know mm-hmm. yeah like i think i think that's a dream team that kind of came together mm-hmm. um but we don't get like you know shigeru miyamoto and suda 51 making like the surrealist mario game we've all been waiting for God, exactly would exactly adore hating <laughs> that game Give me Suda51 <laughs> and Miyamoto and Tetsuya Nomura on the Waluigi game. Yeah, that's what oh, I mean. That'll, that'll work. That's the one. <laughs> oh, God. Wal- Waluigi would be wearing so much plaid. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be fantastic. And it's sad that that will, is probably never going to happen. Yeah. But that being yeah. said, it did happen once. In 1992, on a trip to the United States to research computer graphics, Hironobu Sakaguchi, the creator of Final Fantasy, and Yuji Horii, the creator of Dragon Quest, kind of hung out for a bit and decided, 
man, it'd be really cool if we did something together. Mm-hmm. They then roped in a legendary artist, Akira Toriyama, the creator of Dragon Ball, and also the lead artist on Dragon Quest, to do character designs as they sat down to create an incredible RPG and a topic of today's episode, Chrono Trigger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, if I remember correctly, you've played a lot of Chrono Trigger in your it's life. It's the best game ever made. It's 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 okay. It's not the best game ever made. I I I, I am unbiased enough to admit that it is not the best game ever made. It is, however, probably my favorite RPG of all time. I think that's I, fair. I love that game very, very, very much. I could tell stories about playing it as a kid and like renting it from the video store over and over and over again so that no one could have it but me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and and just like, I don't know, I, I love, love, love that game. I love that game. Yeah. I love it. No, same here. Same here. I, just like you, I have about a million different childhood stories, all increasingly absurd. Uh, one I've actually even ta- told on this podcast, uh, involving that game and either good decisions or very dumb decisions around it because uh, yeah it's it's such a wonderful game and it's it's such a formulative of like video game in my childhood like well i think it like it kind of influences like everything from like musical taste to just like how i viewed video games is like like narratively and whatnot yeah uh alex have even you ever, like my, my taste uh, in sci-fi like i think like I I love time travel stories in general, and like this is the first one that really gelled with me. Mm. Yeah, totally, totally. I yeah. I think I'm with you on that. Alex, have you ever touched Chrono Trigger at all? I never have. I've actually I have had very very little exposure to Chrono Trigger. Um, I did not have a Super Nintendo growing up. Mm. The first, I guess I would say, opportunity I had to play Chrono Trigger was uh. In college, when I picked up a copy of Final Fantasy Chronicles. Oh, <laughs> and, no. An anthology of Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy IV? You are correct. I, yeah. For the PlayStation 1, which I am told is probably the worst version of Chrono Trigger you can play. I mean, okay, it had it's the anime cutscenes, though. Right. <laughs> and, like, I, I also had that version of Chrono Trigger. That was the first one I ever actually owned. Hmm. Um, since again, I, I rented Chrono Trigger so much. Um, but like, uh, I owned the PS1 compilation there, and like, I mean, the cutscenes alone yeah. were worth the load times. They did put a lot of work into those cutscenes, which is really amazing because they, they're animated cutscenes that are right. in the style of Akira Toriyama. Yeah, like Bird right. Studio did them, mm. uh, which is Toriyama's mm. R Studio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so that like, it's clear that they were trying very hard with that. But um, it, this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves into like the development of Chrono Trigger. But uh, it's this was originally going to be for the Super Famicom CD, and mm. it, when that didn't happen, they were like, "Well, that's a good thing because the cartridges can load like uh, battles quicker." So we were actually yeah, able to do these real time battles. Battles. So it's a really good thing we didn't put this on CD. Uh, and then uh, years later, they put it on uh, CD. And it's like, oh, <laughs> turns out. <laughs> oh, SquareSoft. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty funny. Well, Alex, I I think you're gonna enjoy today's episode. And who knows? I'm, maybe I'm excited. Yeah, because this um, th- we're gonna start out with a story that honestly is gonna be surprisingly easy to follow, despite being time travel. Mm. And, <laughs> and then and we're gonna do Chrono Cross, I assume. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got it. 
Yeah. I'm excited to talk to you about Project Kid. Yeah, can oh. I also, like, let me, let me preface all this with saying, I also genuinely like Chrono Cross. Oh, yeah. I think, I think that game is very good and very lovely and very um, unique. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, its story is kind of bonkers, though, huh? <laughs> yeah, just, just um, kind of. A little bit. Oh, I yeah. have played a bit of Chrono Cross, but not far enough to get to the real meat of the story. Don't worry, you wouldn't understand the meat of the story anyway. Yeah. It's <laughs> you need you need a wiki. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's there's about three or four reasons why you wouldn't. Yeah. And about three of those reasons are out of your hands entirely. Yeah. But yeah, I, I too have some complicated thoughts about Chrono Cross that we'll we'll get to in next episode, but are y'all familiar with the development of Chrono Trigger at all beyond, yo, know, Super Team? Not really. Um, vaguely. Okay. Well, we're not going to get too deep into it, but it is pretty, pretty fascinating. Uh, mostly because Chrono Trigger's development is was a little... Well, I was about to say it was just like inconsistently slapdash for Japanese development, but that's actually a lot of Japanese development in the 90s. Yeah, that's pretty normal. <laughs> so actually, let's call it uh, pretty consistent with a lot of Japanese games at the time, which is to say... It sounds like it was a nightmare. Mm. So, 1992, they, they being, you know, Sakaguchi and Hori uh, get together like, okay, we want to make this game. And they pitched to Square. They're like, hey, mm. we want to make this game, collaborate, it'll be really cool. I'm like, cool, what's your game about? I'm like, don't know. I'm like, <laughs> we're not going to approve it then, so figure out an idea. <laughs> so, eventually, though, they kind of wear them down and... Um, to get a few people in Square to like kind of champion a project. And they, they start getting started on development. Now, what's amazing about this game is that originally it wasn't its own bespoke thing. It was actually meant to be a mana game. It was going to be the original mm. Secret of Mana. Okay. Yeah, because it turns out around that time, they were developing two versions of Final Fantasy IV, one for the NES and one for the Super Nintendo. Hmm. One of those is eventually going to morph into Secret of Mana. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. And, and so there were, like, delays in developing uh, Chrono Trigger that basically prevented it from coming out on time. They then released Secret of Mana, and then they go, well, I guess we can't make another Mana game after this. <laughs> so then it got retooled into its own specific game. Now, during this time, the the team ended up ballooning quite um, quite large for the... For, uh, a game developed for the Super Nintendo. Uh, mm-hmm. Estimates are something around 60 to 80 people were on development for this time. Like, oh, wow. During its height. And when I talk about how this game had, like, a dream team put together for this project, I really do mean it. Like, a lot of focus is put on the big three that were involved with this, but mm-hmm. to be honest, anybody who ever became anything at Square worked on this game. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura, for instance, was involved doing um, some scenario design in Battlefield graphics. Mm. Uh, Yoshinori Katase helped out with uh, doing the plot and storyline even Nobuo Uyamatsu contributed uh, at least 10 uh, music tracks to this game Mm. but I want to focus on two particular individuals who I think had the biggest impact on this the first is a man who I'm just going to call a named Square employee now (laughs) (laughs) he's my he's my my favorite I love all of his other games too (laughs) Yeah, unnamed Square employee. He did such a great job with the Saga series. Kept that from being a complete mess. And now here mm-hmm. he is to help out with Chrono Trigger. You see, 
they were having a development meeting and unnamed Square employee decided to suggest, hey, we're having trouble figuring out what, what's going to be a story and central crux to this. How about we make it about time travel? Now, initially, they, they uh, were like, uh, they being Square, pushed mm-hmm. back on this and were like, no, that sounds way too complicated. We don't know how we would be able to do a good gameplay loop about this. Uh, doing the plot around this could be too convoluted. No way, we're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. However, after this failed to become the next uh, mana game, they revisited that idea and went, well, actually, maybe this could work and make it more unique. So they decided to center it around time travel. So given how big of a focus this ha- this is for the game and mm-hmm. going forward for the series, uh, good on you, unnamed Square employee. Yeah. <laughs> You're the unsung hero of this project. Yep. The second person I want to highlight, though, is Yashinori Mitsuda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mitsuda maybe is one of my favorite composers of all time. He's very and, good. And uh, the funny thing about this, though, this is going to be the first game he's actually going to do any composition work for. Now. Oh, wow. Really came out of the gate swinging. Oh, yeah. Now, it's kind of funny how he even got this job in the first place, because he was hired in 1992 to be a composer, but they didn't really have anything for him to do. So instead, they just had him doing um, sound engineering, hmm. uh, like on games such as like Final Fantasy V and whatnot. Right. And this is something that really frustrated him. He's like, hey, I want to be a composer. I want to mm-hmm. make my own music. So eventually, he got like super fed up, and Uimatsu actually suggested, it's like, yeah, you should just go tell him you're going to quit. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did he went to Sakaguchi and he said hey I'm, I'm gonna quit unless you give me a project right and Sakaguchi- Uematsu had done the same thing like years earlier actually yeah <laughs> which like I think around like Final Fantasy 2 or 3 he mm-hmm. was like yeah I think I don't want to do video game music they're like oh, but, but, but what if you did though money 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 like, <laughs> yes you're right <laughs> exactly so Uematsu was like no nah, I, I, don't worry I got the secret I got the secret the one, the one trick that drives Japanese companies crazy. <laughs> so yeah, he told Sakaguchi this, and Sakaguchi's like, "Well, I got this project that has literally every important person ever working on it. How about you do all the music for this mm. newcomer man who's never worked on a project ever before?" <laughs> yeah, and it turns out that might have been the best possible decision he could have made. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing about this and. Maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree with this, Matt. I think the one lasting impact this game has is its music. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, is the one thing that I think has aged, like, the most gracefully. Like, mm. I don't think the game's, like, necessarily, like, an ugly-looking game nowadays. I think no. it still looks very good. I think the plot yeah. is still pretty good as well. Agreed. Uh, but, like, the, I have the Chrono Trigger soundtrack on my phone, and it's I regularly listen to it while I'm running. Like, it's... um. It's going to sound like a little bit weeb in a way, but mm-hmm. I, I, I get emotional over certain, certain tracks that I listen to. Oh, like for sure. Like the ending track and whatnot. Like it has such a strong nostalgic feeling for me. And, you know, a lot of this is due to the work that Mitsuda ended putting up, putting into this. Now, here's the thing, though. When I talked about earlier about how development on this game sounded like hell, I'm specifically talking about his experience on this because, <laughs> my God, this man... <laughs> Sounded like he nearly died. <laughs> yeah, didn't he get like a big ulcer or something? Oh, like... that's that's like, well, I guess that technically is the worst of his concerns, but uh, that's just like a little cherry on top of everything. 
Because okay. the way he talks about it is that apparently he would consistently work himself to exhaustion to the point of like not just like falling asleep at his desk, mind you, but literally passing out, mm. which is not normal. <laughs> That's just the culture. What are you talking about? That's work culture. That's how it's supposed to happen. I mean, I guess, but it's like. That's, like, at the point where I'm, like, as a nurse, like, that's a legitimate medical condition. He needs to get checked out. Right. <laughs> now, while passed out, he, he would state that he would have these incredibly vivid dreams and nightmares. And he would, like, wake up and after being at the studio for days on end, because he wouldn't leave, he would just put all that into his music. And at one point, he actually finished, like, 40 tracks for this game. And unfortunately, he was working with a computer that's from the 90s. Uh, oh no yeah you know where this is going the hard drive crashed and took all of it (laughs) and he had to start completely over and finally as as matt mentioned earlier he finally just developed stomach ulcers which uh are stomach ulcers are literally life-threatening yep and uh he couldn't finish the project (laughs) so Mm. that's how yomatsu even got involved in the first place he joined up to just basically contribute 10 tracks and just finish Mm -hmm. up the rest of his work uh, and so, despite all of this, though, you have maybe one of the most memorable soundtracks in video game history. Mm-hmm. This weird trial-by-fire, near-life-threatening experience that, um, unfortunately, is not abnormal in Japanese development at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Squares the... is just sort of like a, a hall of this stuff. Yeah, we, we'd call it crunch now. We know. would call it crunch, yeah. And the funny thing about this is that he considers this one of the best experiences of his life. (laughs) Okay, that sort of makes sense. And also makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah, sad. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, and you know, I guess to his credit, like, this jump started his career. He's going to compose all the music for the rest of the entries in the Chrono series. And uh, Mm -hmm. currently he's- All one of them? Well, there's technically- One and a half. Technically, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, one and a half actually is probably better. It's, yeah. But like after that, he's, of course, you know, good, he's going to continue composing music, and now he's one of the mm-hmm. lead people on uh, Xenosaga. Not Xenosaga. Uh-huh. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so with that, though, I think it's time that we talked about the plot of Chrono Trigger. Where do oh, you boy. start? That is a great question. <laughs> when do you start? When do you start is a good question, yeah. <laughs> Well, you start in 1000 AD. That's where you start. Which uh, is I can, considered... hear, I can hear the bells in my ear mm-hmm. right now. I bet you can. So to start with, this game takes place over multiple time periods. And it's going to be referenced in like AD and BC. Those mm. are basically meaningless. Those are just the ground, the time frame. For no, it, me- it means that Jesus Christ existed in the world of Chrono Trigger. Does it? Yes. Yeah, canonically. Can yeah. you Jesus, prove Jesus, that? Jesus was real. <laughs> Does anyone talk about Jesus? No. <laughs> Even briefly. There, are, there, there is no talk of Jesus, but I mean, like, we can assume that, like, with the advent of, a, you know, ADBC, mm-hmm. the, this is before Christ, right, Nano Domini, mm-hmm. etc., like, I think, like, he had to, maybe just, it's an alternate world with a less jesus focused worldview right maybe i know i guess we'll get to like the the middle ages crusades that were going on right (laughs) (laughs) but it's a little it's a little jesus-y then yeah just a little there is technically they have at least one cathedral okay at least one (laughs) yes but it's for snakes so yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a snake cathedral. Uh-oh, Don't worry no, about not it. A snake cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this time frame is just supposed to like kind of like ground it. Technically, the reason why they switch over to a different um uh different epoch and whatnot is because the Kingdom of Guardia, which is kind of the central focus of this game, as far as like setting, is mm. founded on uh zero AD and has been around for a thousand years. Uh which by the way, just kind of Kind of the hubris, like it found a kingdom. Like, guess what? Y'all got to start from zero now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Chrono Trigger begins. Yeah, you basically just begin with the overhead shot of uh, of the Kingdom of Guardia, as you see a celebration that's going off in the town square. We get meet our first protagonist, Chrono, red spiky haired man, who really really loves samurai swords and is also very much mute. Mm. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a sword Goku. He is he is indeed sword Goku. And like I I was always bothered by the fact that his name was Chrono C R O N O, but like <laughs> not C H R O N O. I don't know why that bothered me so much as a kid. It's <laughs> symbolism. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems it just seems like they forgot a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Memory constraints. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. We got five characters to work with for every name, so we just, just I gotta cut that each. <laughs> makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, so Chrono is awoken by his mom, and um, Chrono, of course, in the long history of JRPG protagonist, does not have a dad. Yep, so, yep, checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never mentioned Jesus, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, and we learned today is, of course, you know, the thousand-year anniversary of the Guardian Kingdom's founding, and there's being a huge celebration that's being held in Lean Square. So you're told to go and enjoy yourself, go have fun there. And so Krona does, goes down there, he plays a bunch of games, he beats up a mysterious robot uh, <laughs> made by his best friend Raluca. A mysterious rapping robot. Very important. Very the true. Robot raps. Yes. Okay. Gato is great. He raps about how you should beat him up for silver points. I, that's actually something I should point out. So the technology of this era makes zero sense. Okay, so yeah, just robots exist, but also it's like horses. But not cars. Right. Yeah. It is not quite steampunk, but it's close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's probably the best way and to And there's a steamboat. There is a steamboat. That is yeah. very true. Very true. Yeah, so imagine, yeah, it's like imagine like 18th century to 19th century, but also there are rapping robots. And there you go. Right. right. It's like it's Studio Ghibli, time ac- anachronistic. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Actually, like, actually, yeah, that's a pretty good explanation for it. Yeah. So, during his, like, you know, having fun in Lean Square, he ends up running into, you know, a beautiful blonde girl, runs into her, and she drops her pendant. And after helping her get herself together, she's like, oh, hey, hi, I'm kind of new here. My name is not Marley. Uh, my name's Marley. <laughs> How you doing? Do you want to hang out with me as we walk around this fair and do cool stuff? And so Chrono's like, yeah, no, sure, rad. And so you hang out now with this girl and, you know, doing fun games and whatnot. And then you hear that your friend Luca is about to put on a cool teleportation experiment. What? Uh, yeah, your friend Luca uh, is an inventor, along with her father, Tavin. And once again, technology makes no sense. She's just invented ta- um she's just straight up invented teleportation. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Did she make the robot? She did too, yeah. Okay. So yeah. she she's she's just making all the future stuff. 
Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. Like, like, so, so the level of technology in this world is higher than you would expect 1000 AD because of one person. <laughs> yeah, basically. Wow, she is one of the characters in my D&D game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hmm. probably. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny seeing any, po- any bit of, like, just advanced technology in this world of like we, mm-hmm. a place where you, like, we only have swords and being like, oh, no, Luca invented that, huh? Oh, right, Luca invented yeah. refrigerators? Oh, wait, only one person uses guns and it's Luca. So Luca also <laughs> invented the military industrial complex. Like she invented everything. It's great. Right. So you go north and you watch uh, this, um, this, uh, this cool experiment, like Chrono like participates in it, where he gets transported between one pod and another. And it's like, man, look, teleportation. It's great. So Marley's like, that's cool. I want to participate in it. And so she walks into one of the teleporters, and when Luca fires it up, unfortunately, her pendant starts to shimmer. And instead, what happens is a big old weird gate forms, like just this giant mm-hmm. circle of like mysterious energy, and she gets sucked through it. And so everyone's like, oh, sh- show's over, folks. Go home. Uh, <laughs> what happened? And so we, like, we, we killed a girl. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to look bad. So the only thing that's left behind is her pendant. And Chrono puts two and two together. He's like, bet you if I wear that pendant and I step on this teleporter, I'm probably going to go to the same place she went to. Mm-hmm. And Luca's like, this is a terrible idea. You should do it. The second I figure out how to do it myself, I'm going to follow you. So he ends up getting sucked through this portal as well. And then he ends up on a mysterious mountaintop. Uh, he has had to fight off like a bunch of monsters, like little imps and whatnot. And once he like scales down this mountain, he finds himself back in his home village of Truce. Except, you know, where he comes from is called, I think, like Truce City, but here it's called mm-hmm. Truce Village. And he's like, oh, that's kind of right. weird. Also, you don't have refrigerators. And also, it, for some reason, it's constantly <laughs> foggy. You don't have refrigerators. It's so weird here. There's no refrigerators. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally when I first played the game, the first thing I noticed is like, Hey, they don't have refrigerators. Because <laughs> I was like 10. <laughs> I mean, that that's really good environmental storytelling, honestly. Yeah. It is. It is. Like, it it clearly tells you, that, okay, something weird is going on here, right? Right. Because you've also established that there is exactly one reason that refrigerators exist. Mm-hmm. And now they don't exist. So that's weird. Yeah. That's still weird. <laughs> <laughs> so Chrono goes to... Um, to Guardia Castle because he heard that hey man they found this mysterious girl on uh, on the mountain and it, clearly this is Queen Lean and she was been missing and Chrono's like oh I wonder if they mean the girl I met Marley mm-hmm. and so he ends up going there and he sees Marley like full on dressed up and like the guards like try to arrest Chrono but she's like eh, go away he's fine he's a guest of mine mm-hmm. <laughs> so Chrono's like oh great yeah, that's awesome. And they're like, yeah, man, it's really great that we managed to find the queen. We were, like, really worried about her. We thought that she got killed by the mystics, these weird demon monster enemies that we're at war with that are being led <laughs> by this dude named Magus. Don't worry about it. It'll never come up. Don't It'll worry never, about it. Yeah. Boy, mm-hmm. it's, it's good that we found her. Anyways, guess we're going to call off the search for her because we don't have to because she's here. Right. So you go up and meet up with uh, Queen Lean, and she, yeah, she reveals that. Hey, yeah, no, I'm Marley. <laughs> Weird, right? Yeah, man, they, it, they, they think I look like Queen Lean. It's really strange. Yeah. And she's like, man, it's really brave of you <laughs> to come and like rescue me. I feel really touched. But then all of a sudden, she starts to feel like really strange. She starts freaking out. She's like, because she feels like she's being ripped apart. 
Mm. And then all of a sudden, she just suddenly disappears. And Crow's mm. like, oh, this is bad. I need to leave. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend here. Mm-hmm. I, As a kid, that's the part that I think is what hooked me on the game. Mm-hmm. Like that's that one scene will always stick with me because it's like, okay, got it. I okay, I time travel after this girl I just met. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Okay, I'm I'm going through this town or whatever. Oh, I found her. She's the queen. That's cute. Oh, she exploded. Yeah, and it's like, oh, oh no. Mm, I need to see bad. what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, same, same. Like this first little bit of I guess spoilers time travel. Uh, is like, oh, okay, I can see the implications here. You're, and like, this is like basic cause and effect. That's what's about to happen. Right, right. But it's still like for, yeah, like 10-year-old me, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and we learned this is time travel because like Chrono goes down the stairs and is like about ready to leave when Luca shows up. She's like, Chrono, hey, first off, I invented time travel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Refrigerators so, and then time travel, you know, in that order. Yeah. And uh, by the way, where's um, where's Marley? And then, you know, Crow tells her what happens. Like, oh, okay, no, I get what happened. Because, yeah, I just heard that they called off the search. First off, we're in 600 AD. And I know by history, around this time, Queen Lean was kidnapped and then rescued by a knight. Uh, it seems like they found her and then they called off the search. And so I'm guessing that Queen Lean ended up dying. Yeah, the, which, real, one, the real one continues without being saved. Mm-hmm. And right. just gets, it gets murked, and thus the timeline has changed. Yep. Right. Which means that Ooh. Marl mm-hmm. is actually she's n- she's actually Qu- Princess Nadia. Right. The descendant of the queen. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. There's so, this like, weird cutscene with like babies popping out of sprites. It's very yep. It, okay. <laughs> yes, and then mysteriously <laughs> aging up, and then yeah, yeah, all of them being just like. Turn to bl- like blackness one after another. Yeah, it's, 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 it's cool and horrible. It is. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, this is this is good. This mm-hmm. is a good way to like establish the stakes of like, oh, there's like a the timeline is super screwed right now. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Yep. Yep. So Corona hears all this, and Luke is like, listen, they're not gonna go searching for the queen. We're the only ones gonna rescue her. It might not be too late. I heard that she's maybe like being held at this cathedral. Maybe we should go check that out. And so Carl's like, rad, let's go do that. So we go to the one cathedral that exists and, <laughs> um, you know, vaguely learn about Jesus. But to find out then all the, nun- like, all the nuns there are all like, hey, yeah, no, <laughs> Queen Lane, she's not here. You should leave until, mm-hmm. um, like, looking on the ground, like, Chrono finds, like, this hairpin that has the uh, the Guardian crest on it. And then, mm-hmm. so they all like, okay, well, I guess we're going to turn to weird snake ladies and murder you. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Can I just toss okay. out Jer- Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Snakes? Is that anything? <laughs> it's, it's strong. Just been, it, no, it's, it's pretty strong. I like <laughs> yeah, okay, no, cool. Yeah, it's, no. just been, it's, it's been kicking around in the old dome for a minute, and I just, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wanted to get it out there before it faded into oblivion. <laughs> yeah. No, just, yeah, just like, before somebody went back and changed time, and then yeah, that just went to to the darkness right, beyond right, time. Right, right, yeah, no, understandable, understandable. So they're about to be murdered by snake ladies when a giant anthropomorphic frog just shows up with a large sword and murders them. Yeah, I know that guy. That guy is Frog. He is. His <laughs> name is Frog. 
Frog is my favorite character in the game. Frog fucking rules. Frog is really good. As someone good. who's never played the game, Frog is also my favorite character because he's a frog named Frog with a sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that, like, that character is just a win from concept onward. Yep. 100%. 100%. Now, talking in a very rad, um, like, old-timey um, Middle Ages uh, sort of accent. Yeah, on, very Lord these and thous. Yes. yes. By the way, he's the only character in this time frame who does that. Good, good. Uh, <laughs> and he, he I guess, spoiler alert, he doesn't do it when he's not in frog form. That's right, he doesn't. It's hilarious. Uh. <laughs> that's just how frogs talk. Okay, he's like, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, he introduces himself as like, hey, listen, Chrono, you seem like a rad swordsman. I think we could rescue the queen together. We should go do that. And so Chrono's like, rad. So they fight their way through the back half of the cathedral. Uh, they end up finding out that the chancellor of Guardia ended up kidnapping Queen Lean because she just shows up. Mm. And they're like, okay, well, we're just going to go ahead and kill you, old man, rescue the queen. But mm-hmm. it turns out, no, he's actually an evil beast, like a weird, almost like Zillipede slug yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yakra. Yakra. Now, after Yakra gets just absolutely murked, um, the real uh, chancellor is rescued. He's been basically just trapped in a <laughs> in a treasure chest, uh, and uh, the real uh, Queen Lean is also rescued. Okay. So they're brought back to Guardia Castle. The king of um, the king like uh, thanks uh, Crona for that and says that they are going to build a square to c- commemorate this day and name him after their wonderful queen. So hey, they ended up uh, having a hand in creating a Lean Square. That's great. And it turns out this sets the timeline right, and Nadia ends up mysteriously reappearing. All and right, cool. game yeah. over. We did it. Yeah. So um, Nadia, who insists on being called Marley, so we'll just continue with that from now on. Sure. Uh, it's like, hey, man, thank you. I was so scared. I was in this just incredibly dark place. I didn't know what to do, but both of you went through all this work to get me back. That's great. Wait, Let's go I'm home. sorry. Was she, was she in timeline hell? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that in Chrono Cross. Uh, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's a thing. Oh, it's normal. Okay, so you don't just stop existing if your timeline disappears. You go to time hell. Yes. I mean, so, sometimes you stop existing. It's not super consistent. But, okay. But, but Marl specifically does go to, like, the, the, the timeline hell, yes. Yes. Which, we'll go there, too. Don't worry about it. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I'll say about... um. Chrono Trigger, when it comes to time travel and whatnot, mm. the time travel rules are inconsistent, but I think in a way that's to its benefit. Right. Yeah. You don't think about it too hard and you get to do what you need to do with the story. Yeah. yeah they, have sure. cons- they have consistent rules that they do establish early on, and then they go, wait, is this actually better for the narrative? Whatever. We're not going to, we're going to ignore the rules right. for right now. Right. Right. Yeah. So expect inconsistencies, but so they, that sounds like it'll be fine as long as no one tries to investigate it too hard or expand on things that don't necessarily make sense. Uh, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Wonder what game's gonna do that. Anyways, <laughs> it all gets explained in a nice campfire scene later on. Don't worry about it. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. So they all go back up to the mountain. This is when we learned that yeah, no, uh, these weird time gates have just shown up. And oh. Luca's able to open them up using something called the gate key. And she's just something that she's invented because, of course, yeah, she made of it. Co- she just, of course, Luca She can. just made the gate key for the time gates that she didn't know existed yet. Yep, right. pretty much. She's very, very good. So okay. they end up going back to their regular time of 1080. And 
Luke is like, hey, you should probably take uh, Marley back to the castle. Like, Carl's like, rad. So he does so. And then he's immediately assaulted by the guards and arrested. <laughs> okay, sure. Because <laughs> he disappeared to a mysterious portal with her and was gone for like a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he also showed up with their missing princess, I assume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, needless to say, it just doesn't work out well for him. So he's he immediately caught, put on he trial. He was caught princess-handed, you know. Yes. <laughs> the evidence is there. <laughs> so he's put on trial, and... Um, it kind of doesn't like the events you do, like how you like treated like uh, Marley during the uh, uh, the fair scene. Like kind of influence whether or not you are innocent or guilty. Uh, hmm. Spoiler alert: other than like three items that you get, it doesn't matter. You go to jail anyways. But it, okay, it's it enough. still feels good to be right. It's still innocent. a nice responsive game design. Yeah, and I guess to be fair, if you're found guilty, you're sentenced to death. If you're not found guilty, you're like, well, you're gonna be in jail for like a week. Yeah. But then, but then they send us to death anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The chancellor just straight up tells the like, chancellor the, shows up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's okay, like, yeah. yeah he's gonna, he's gonna be sentenced to death, and like, this is the one thousand AD chancellor. Yeah, right, not right, the six hundred no. AD. Chancellor. I, I got it. Mm-hmm. Is, but is he still evil? Well, yeah. Yeah, it seems okay. like it. Yeah, it seems a little evil. <laughs> yeah. So Chrono is busted out either by himself or by Luca, just kind of depending on your actions, and mm-hmm. you fight a giant uh, tank. That's literally in the oh. shape of a dragon. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, pres- That's why it's called the dragon tank. Indeed. Mm. Yeah. Uh, presum- presumably Luca made it. And Probably. <laughs> <laughs> are... she's, she's just selling military hardware on the side. <laughs> like I said, she's the only person with the gun. I literally do think she invented the military industrial complex. Yeah. That kind of makes sense, huh? Invented it, fueled it, standardized mm-hmm. it. Luca traveled to 2000 AD and invented Raytheon. But, um, so she ends up, um, they end up, like, uh, running into, um, Nadia, who's, like, tries to, like, call for guards and whatnot, but the king comes down and is like, hey, listen, there are laws. They have to, <laughs> they have to go laws. to jail. And you need to be a princess who, you know, knows her place and is a good girl and you need to stop right, sucking. Yeah. And Marley's like, you know what? No, I'm a teenager. I'm going to rebel, rebel against you, dad gonna run away with my friends and so they run into guardia forest and are chased by the guards and like it looks like there's no way out but they run into a time gate and so it just happens to be there yeah just (sighs) happens to be there and so you ever rebel against your dad so hard you time travel (laughs) (laughs) there are laws in this country ain't no laws in the time stream baby boom (laughs) yeah we're gonna travel to a time period where there are no laws which is exactly what they do they travel to to what appears to be the far future uh specifically 2300 ad oh and it sucks it sucks yeah (laughs) they walk outside of a metal dome to find that it's a place that wears constant hell thunderstorms there's nothing growing there are destroyed cities everywhere and there is basically nothing living except for horrific mutants that want to murder you hmm whoops so kind of oh. like how our 2300 AD is going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Exciting. I will all be dead. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> God willing. So you're, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. There's like, hey, good news. We invented immortality. Ah, uh, shit. Good, new- good news ends there. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you like living under a rock for the rest of your life. <laughs> Luca, stop inventing things. I don't want any more. <laughs> Uh, so 
you travel through all these destroyed cities and eventually end up in one of these domes where you find last remnants of humanity just clad in like like rags and like with no food mm. like they're able to live because they have these like machines called enetrons that basically give you all your nutrients and like power and whatnot uh, mm. but they don't make your stomach full so every time you use one you'll like get this message like but you still feel hungry yeah hbmp right. restored but you still feel hungry I feel hungry <laughs> yeah yeah so everybody's getting nutrition they need they're just constantly hungry all the time and miserable right so you hear from them it's like hey yeah there's um because like we're trying to find out like how this happened and the um the old man who like kind of is like running into community there uh, i think his name's doan he's yeah. like yeah if you go downstairs and you help us find like these food stores that are down there uh we can tell you about like this where this um like information console is and you could kind of find out what happened to this world because they're not really sure what happened either like history is essentially forgotten to them and like okay rad so you go down there you find a bunch of like evil mechs and whatnot and uh you find out all mm. the food's rotten oh good yeah but they do find a seed that they do give to like the people and like hey if you plant this maybe it's going to grow something and it's better than what you're doing right now because eventually those machines are going to run out and you're all going to starve to death so mm-hmm. yeah but so maybe n- it won't grow so who knows <laughs> yeah <laughs> good, good luck knows? good luck <laughs> you, do you know anything about botany person who has never seen a tree right <laughs> <laughs> there's no sunlight <laughs> there's no sunlight either yeah <laughs> just poop on it and hope for the best i guess and we just keep putting the plan the innertron over and over again <laughs> no no don't worry in in 1020 ad luca invents grow lamps oh nice nice yeah yes and they just would find one they pulled out of storage it's great so now they go and find this information console um and you know they kind of tip in there and like first off they find like a gate that allowed them to get out of here that's uh, not the one that's going to lead them back to where all the soldiers are mm. And the second thing they find that was a little bit worse, it's like, oh, there's a recording from 1999 AD called The Day of Lavos. Hmm, that's weird. And so you see this, like, nice, you know, verdant world looking all nice, and all of a sudden you just see this giant porcupine monster that's, like, the size of a city blow its way out of the ground, shoot a bunch of lasers up in the sky, and destroy literally everything as all the lasers rain down. All the while, an incredibly awesome music track plays, the Lavos theme. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Armageddon. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, big fan. <laughs> yep. And I guess I guess Chrono and Luca and Marl are kind of like upset by it for some reason, as metal as it might be. Yeah. Yeah. They're all like, "Oh my god, this is how the world ends." It's like, what? How is anybody supposed to do anything about that? And then Marl's Marley is like, "Wait, we can time travel. We can change history." Yeah. Let's, let's go destroy uh, the evil yeah. porcupine monster. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, I understand dreaming big. I think that's important. And maybe she's out of touch because she's royalty. Mm. You know, she doesn't really have a lot of, uh, she's not very grounded, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, giant porcupine monster is a little out of my league normally, mm. personally. So I yeah. guess Luca does, did invent guns and Chrono is the sword master. So yeah. mm. maybe. Right. It, uh, it's It's like, Looking at after Godzilla has destroyed the world for 300 years and then going, if we time travel to the day he emerged from the ocean and I hit him with this sword, maybe we can save the future. <laughs> it's it's the whole like same energy. What if yeah. you killed you killed Hitler as a baby? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But what if you killed Godzilla as an egg? Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. What if, what if you poached Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs> Always wanted to. Godzilla eggs sound like they'd be tasty and I radioactive. Would, no, yeah, I, I would don't absolutely know about that. mess that up. I would destroy a Godzilla egg in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would raise it and make him my friend, like Gamera. Mm. <laughs> that always results in a good yeah movie. that's not gonna go well <laughs> <laughs> probably not probably not so yeah they decided to make it their life's work to um defeat lavos and prevent this horrific future from happening uh so they go and make their way to this other gate they can't quite access it yet uh they need but they do discover this cool robot whose name is uh whose name is robo well his name's not robo luca calls him robo after fixing him up and I, okay i need to stop you for a second all right. I, I know I, I I do want to get to Robo. Robo is maybe my favorite character in Chrono Trigger. Mm. Um, oh, but okay. I know where you get at. You, you said they travel over from the from learning about Lavos to finding Robo. You did skip the fact they do have a motorcycle race against the motorcycle robot man. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, a man who's, yeah, he's literally half motorcycle named Johnny. Yeah, yes. okay. his name is yeah, Johnny. Sure. He's the man. Yep. And he's also part motorcycle. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's and really you, good. And, and you have a race against him. And if you lo- if you win the race, congratulations, you get to pass. If you lose the race, then you walk through a dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty oh. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can also, I, I did also skip over this part. You can also, like, just take a detour that's not told to you at all where you go south to another continent. And uh, yeah. you discover this, like, other dome where there's just kind of this crazy old man. Along with this weird blue, like, imp sort of thing by the, that's called a new. It's basically just like a round blob with, right. like, mm-hmm. weird green hair. And he's just muttering something about working on his project, The Wings of Time. You're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Can't really do anything mm. with him because he doesn't he barely even acknowledges who you are. It, it mm-hmm. won't matter anyway. Don't worry about it. We'll never yeah. come back here. Never yeah, will come I'm, back I'm sure, I'm sure Wings of Time doesn't come up ever again. Never. So yeah, you meet up with this robot uh, who I think is like R dash six six R six six Y R six six Y. I was close. Yeah, but yeah, Luca's like that's a mouthful. We're gonna call you Robo. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the same amount of character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing is because you can rename every character. I constantly would just rename him his designation. R six six Y. Which, to be fair, I did. I would do the same with Frog, where he's like, I want to be mysterious. Here's my real name. <laughs> Right. So, but um, yeah, it's like, okay, well, we can unlock this door if we go to like basically where I'm made and uh, just kind of like flip the switches there. Don't really remember what my purpose is. Don't worry about it. I'm sure it's not going to come up in about five minutes when I learn, oh, I was made to genocide the rest of humanity. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Whoops. Yeah. Well, these people are my friends, so I'm going to reject that. We're going to destroy all these robo clones. I'm going to get repaired back up, get told about Lavos and all that, and decide that I'm going to help you out on your mission cool so they all open up the time gate and it's like all four of us together we're an unstoppable team i'm sure nothing bad's gonna happen except when he enters the time gate it doesn't like the fact that there's four people entering it it sparks kind of explodes and it sends him to a mysterious black void oh yeah time hell yeah. that's fine okay except this is yeah. slightly different than time hell this is a different inkly black voidness because there's at least like a weird victorian square there yeah, like a like a kind of like wooden dock area. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and happens to have a mustachioed old man in a bowler hat. And he's like, oh, hi. How's it going? <laughs> Didn't see you there. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to my time void. <laughs> yeah. This happens every once in a while. Try to enter um, 
Try to enter a time portal with more than three people? Yeah, can't do that. I, lo- I, I, lo- I love that time travel rule because, like, it's obviously there to, like, just say, <laughs> to, hey, to, like, party you can only, three. Yeah, you can only yeah. have three people in your party. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. be cheeky. Yeah, don't don't be an idiot about this. Well, like, you think about it for more than two minutes, it's like, what if we just went, like, one at a time? <laughs> yeah, right? No. <laughs> I- I'm sure Luca can invent more gate keys. Or she can just go back and forth, right? Yeah. And then, we, and then we have a small army of people to go kill this porcupine monster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But he establishes that, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to just sit here and be very mysterious about this. Oh, you want to kill uh, Lavos? Oh, man. Well, maybe you should uh, kind of... Defeating him is going to be pretty difficult. Uh, you... There's this actually bucket over here. It's literally a bucket that uh, contains a time gate that goes directly to there if you want to just go and die. Oh. I don't recommend that, though. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're really... normal. Yeah. And he's like, you should probably go and leave. And so when you try to leave, he's like, actually, no, you should go speak to my weird friend behind this door. He's a god of war. His name's Spikio. He might be able to help you. And so after you talk to Spikio, he's like, oh, hey, did you know that magic used to exist, but then disappear from the world? Good news. I bet you all could use it, except for your robot friend, because he's a robot. Right. So you all learn magic, and it turns out, it's like, this... This is something that's just, you know, has not existed since essentially uh, 1200 BC or something like that. And you learn magic through the, you know, um, eldritch (laughs) study of walking around the room in a circle three times. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's it's really good. People just forgot how to walk around rooms in a circle, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and you have to to walk counterclockwise. And you have to hug the walls really tight. Yes. Okay, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably the counterclockwise that got people. They but then you can shoot lightning out of your hands, so it's fine. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so everybody learns how to use magic, and so they all go like, okay, well, I guess three of us should go back to 1000 AD, get back to Lucas' place, and we can figure this out. So they take one of the time gates back to 1000 AD, and it takes them to this uh, village of uh, the mystics. Once again, mm. weird, like, sentient monsters, essentially. And it's from there, after, like, walking through this cave to get back to the main continent, uh, and defeating this one giant monster called Hecran, uh, we learn in his dying breath that boy, if only Magus uh, had summoned Lav- successfully summoned Lavos earlier, we could have destroyed all you humans back in 600 AD. Gonna die they're like, now. They're like Lavos. What? Like, that's, oh, okay. that's the porcupine we hate. <laughs> I bet you, if we go and we stab Magus, mm-hmm. Lavos is not going to exist. And so then you got to go kill Magus when he was an egg. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're just trying to like it's go a... back back and figure out, all right, which baby do we have to right. kill? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you have time travel, that's what every problem boils down to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which which is the easiest baby to murk? Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. So they all go back to 680 cuz that's where Magus is. He's, you know, has his uh-huh. war against humanity and whatnot. you know. They help right. um Guardia fight off Magus's forces across the Zenith bridge. And they run into Frog, who's made it his life goal to kill Magus himself. And we learned that the only way he can be damaged is with something called the Massimune. Or Massimune, I should say. Yes. Oh, okay. And um, it turns out that it can only be wielded by the legendary hero. And it's on, uh, on top of this mountaintop. So they, mm. you, send, you send up this mountaintop, uh, you fight off a bunch of, pe- bunch of monsters, and you actually end up running into two little boys. And these little boys are like, oh, you want the Masamune? All right, cool. Um, we're going to transform into monsters and try to kill you. 
<laughs> cool. Uh, okay. Yeah, so like you beat him up, and it, it, it turns out that the Masa Muni is actually a living sword. That's a fusion right. of two creatures, Masa and Muni, mm. who you just fought. Okay, makes and sense. so you get this uh, sword, but it turns out it's broken in half, and you only have one half. You're like, oh, mm. that's bad. When you go down to talk to Frog about this, he's like, oh, yeah, no, I have the other half right here, but I don't have any right to wield it, and it's also broken, so whatever. Mm-hmm. He's and just so, a priest depressed. Yeah, he's very, very depressed right now. And so you kind of read this inscription on there, and it gives you this name called Mechlor. And you're like, oh, we met this Mechlor guy. He's like the one human who lives in like the Mystic Village back in 1000 AD. He's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So you go back to 1000 AD, you talk to Mechlor. He's like, how'd you get the sword? Oh, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. We can't repair it because we need something called a Dreamstone. That hasn't existed since long, long before this era. So Like no way 65 million this. years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, oh, man. Well, that sucks. Oh, wait, we could time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Toriyama was like, I want dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah, yes. basically. Yeah. This is the Toriyama's dinosaur moment. Find, so- find me dinosaurs and I will draw dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You also go back- a lady with a big club. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and we're about to meet that lady with a big club as you go back to 65 million uh, B.C., Get assaulted by these these monsters called reptiles, but are then uh-huh. saved by Ayla, a blonde, a tall, strong blonde woman who fights with her fist and is the leader of the human tribes who are in this constant war against the much more intelligent reptiles. And she's absolutely the, great. She's just she's a great. Yeah. Oh my she, god. She is just jovial and like just like is there to just boost other people up. I think she's the most mm-hmm. positive character in this whole game. She might be. I'm going to say this now. I think her theme's the best. Oh, yeah. Her theme is yeah. really good. Yeah, very high-energy, peppy theme. Mm. So she's immediately taken with Chrono and thinks Chrono is just the best because he's super strong and whatnot. Oh, um, fair enough. Yeah, to, to the point that... Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, I have this Dreamstone. Yeah, totally, I'll give it to you. Let's have a drinking contest. You know, <laughs> have a drinking contest, you both pass out. And, like... Rad. It was like, Chrono, you're the best. You're absolutely <laughs> great. Oh, this little diminutive man who's my sort of boyfriend is kind of jealous about that? Ah, eh, whatever. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why fucking, he didn't. Fucking Kino. Fucking Kino. Kino's the worst. I hate Kino. <laughs> He's, he does suck. <laughs> yeah, so he steals, like, the Dreamstone, and he, like, goes and, like, wanders off uh, to go fight the reptiles to prove he's a man, but then he immediately gets messed up. Um, and, and they steal the dreamstone. <laughs> yeah, they steal the dreamstone, and so you go in there with Ayla to fight off the dinosaurs. Um, and you actually meet the leader, Azalea, who's the uh, he's basically like far more intelligent than like the rest of the humans. He's like the the reptiles are gonna reign supreme. We are going to eliminate the apes, and y'all are gonna suck. Mm. Oh no, swords! <laughs> right. So yeah, you get the dreamstone, and Ayla's like, "Man, you should visit sometime later." And you know, you go back to the future. Uh, she's oddly yeah. cool with time travel. Yeah, she's oh. like, she's like time travel. Rad. Anyways. Yeah, love it. Anyway, go to party. <laughs> <laughs> Be cool if he came back and fought more dinosaurs with me. So, Meckler was like, how'd you get a drip? You know, I'm not even going to ask. All right, let's remake this sword. So, uh, the Masamuni is repaired. You go and give it back to Frog. And Frog was like, hey, I got to just spend a night. Just kind of think about this. Mm-hmm. You know, he thinks back to his past of, like, when he was hanging out with his best friend Cyrus, who's this totally tough dude. 
uh, thinks back to how, like, Cyrus just got totally murked by Magus in front of his eyes and how Magus turned him into a frog. Mm. And how he cur- he's like, he cursed him for being a little dick. He's yep. like, hey, you're a little dick and you hang out with Cyrus, you're a frog mm. now. Yep, you are now a frog. Congratulations. Yeah. And so Frog's like, nah, I'm gonna get this sword, I'm gonna get my revenge. Let's go murder, let's go murder a wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of like the next, like, 30 minutes of the game. It is. <laughs> yeah, and one of the coolest cutscenes ever, like, Frog, like, cuts open a mountain in half. You yes. walk through said mountain, end up on another continent. Uh, of of the anime cutscenes that are added in the PS1 DS release, mm-hmm. like, the anime version of him, like, cutting the mountain in half as his, like, an orchestral version of his music blares. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. So, yeah, you end up going to Magus's tower. Um, you end up running into his lieutenants, Ozzy, Slash, and Flea, uh, who are kind of like bumbling misfits in many ways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and... Um, a uh, fun fact about him is like they mentioned, it's like, oh, if you want to get to Ma- Magus, you have to fight through all 100 monsters that are that are here first. Mm-hmm. And there actually are exactly 100 monsters in his uh, in his entire dungeon. And it has a really, they really do a good job of making it seem like this is like the final dungeon. This is the, mm-hmm. this is going to be a big moment getting through this. And like, it's a really long slog. It's super cool. It's one of, it's one of the best JRPG dungeons I've ever, ever seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, like, the pacing is really good. It doesn't overstay its welcome at all. It does not, no. And so eventually you get to the end of it, and you have to, like, walk down this, like, uh, dark hallways, like, lanterns, like, light up, and you just hear, like, this, like, Gorian chanting. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, you get to, like, the center of this room, and all the, like, these blue flames just light up around, and you just see Mag is just, like, posing back to you. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you're interrupting, you're interrupting a summoning ceremony. Oh, I see you got the Masamune. You think you could do anything about that? All right, no, come on. Let's do this. Yeah, Mag- Magus <laughs> is not afraid of your party at all. He is not. <laughs> and to be fair, he shouldn't be. Oh, he's, he's easily the toughest fight in the game after that point. Yeah, he, he totally is. He totally is. And, like, you hear Magus' theme, which is... Very good. Amazing. It's amazing. It is an amazing battle I, I don't battle know theme. a ton of the soundtrack, but I know that one. Yeah. That one's really good. It's really good. And it's such a good fight. So eventually you do defeat Magus and you're like, haha, with that, Lavos is defeated. And then Magus is like, what? No, he isn't. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, I just I was just trying to summon him here. He's he's existed since like at least I let's say 65 million BC. Mm. You mm. yeah, all you all you've done is just made it so that I can't get my revenge. And like, wait, what are you talking about, revenge? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a giant time portal just opens up because, like, Lavos does, like, show up very briefly and sucks mm. everyone through it, and then everyone gets scattered. Uh, I love how, like, every, every one of your quests thus far has ended with someone saying, yeah, this isn't what you thought it was at all. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, oh, dang, okay. Oh, <laughs> man, all right, fine, I guess. So... You end up back in 65 million BC, and Ayla's like, hey, how's it going? That's great. Uh, we're about to have our big old giant battle with the reptiles. They burned down one of our villages, and we're on the verge of being eliminated. We're going to fly to their base using pterodactyls, and we're going to go murder them. Y- you win? Cool. And so, yeah, you send up this mountain. You get some pterodactyls. You see this, like, really mysterious red star that's in the sky. You're Don't like, even worry about it. Yeah, that's ominous. Uh... Hmm. And you go to the Tyranno lair and like fight through it. Uh, 
beat up a bunch of dinosaurs, and eventually you meet up with Azalea and his incredibly, incredibly giant dinosaur friend. The uh, the, the black Tyranno, yeah. yeah. The Tyranno lair is the opposite of uh, yeah. Magnus' keep. It is, <laughs> it is very long. It's very um, long. It, it's visually interesting, but it's also like, uh, yeah. And there's a lot of like stuff that makes you like backtrack if you take the wrong path. It's kind of annoying, mm-hmm. though it does have some of the best music in the game as for like as far as dungeon music goes. Yeah, really, really good music. Yeah. So you get up to Azalea, and like he immediately looks up to the red star. He's like, ooh, I can't wait for us to fall and just murder all of you, because we already know it's going to. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, but before that happens, we're going to, I am going to use my dinosaur friend here to kill you. Which, unfortunately, does not go well for him. Yeah. You end up murdering him. Azala fails. Yeah, you mortally wound Azalea, and... Um, you see that, yeah, that red star is about to fall. And so you all get on your pterodactyls and are about to leave. And you're like, hey, Azalea, you should come with us. And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not coming with you. I already know what that red star means. It's going to blanket the world in clouds. It's going to get cold. And us, us reptiles can't survive in the cold. We're all going to die. And but it, you'll die too. And basically just <laughs> gives you the double deuces. Yeah. And like, Alia like looks up to the star and goes, and like, uh, Gives gives Lavos his name. She calls, mm. she says, um, "La means fire and Vos means big," and calls it Lavos. So as she flies away, though, she Zaley does tell her one last thing, and, and she's he he just says the future, and she asks, "What do you mean by that?" And it's like we have no future. And then as she they fly away, you see Lavos just slam into the Tyrannal Lair, creating mm. a giant just giant crater, and yeah, starting a the Ice Age. Yeah. Hmm. So, your team's like, oh, we can go there, and he's probably weak. We can just go murder him right now. So, you walk into the crater, but you just see a, um, a time gate. You're like, oh, well, guess not. <laughs> How about we go through the time gate? <laughs> sure. So, you go through the time gate. You end up in, like, this, essentially, this, like, mysterious Ice Age world. And after you take um, this, like, weird, tr- like, teleporter up into the sky, you end up on this floating continent that is just absolutely gorgeous. And you are in this place called the Zeal Kingdom. Which is just bonkers, by the way. Like, everything mm-hmm. else has been, like, time travel between eras that can be, like, vaguely, mm-hmm. you know, like, related to real-life eras. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, like, cartoony versions of them, you know? Yeah, and then here right. you're like, okay, now we're going to the Ice Age. Welcome to the flo- floating magic continent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, it's just, like, super, like, tech, not only technologically advanced, but just infused with magic sort of place. Like, everybody knows magic. Mm-hmm. Everybody has high technology. Everybody is just, like, a weird philosopher. Yeah, it's very, but, like, spiritual. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you learn it's all thanks to the infinite energy they get from this thing called a mammoth machine. And a mammoth machine has been taking this energy from this fantastic new energy source they discovered. Lavos! Ah. Uh... <laughs> That's unfortunate. It's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. So you also learn that uh, society is very much stratified. Like the people on Zeal are, of course, you know, living their best life. But there's still a bunch of people living in rags th- down on the surface mm. that um, are basically the oppressed people. Right. And as you go through the different like cities and whatnot, you end up running into this blue-haired woman and her tiny blue-haired brother. This woman's name is Shala. She is hella important. <laughs> yeah. Shala, yeah, Shala is the princess of Zeal, and also 
uh, coincidentally has the exact same pendant as Marley. And mm. she's like, oh, yeah, she's this very, very nice person who has imbued with such strong magic and is like just the apple of Queen Zeal's eye. Not unlike her brother, uh, well, definitely unlike her brother, Janus, who is a fail son, who is unable to learn <laughs> magic, who everyone absolutely hates, is moody, and she's just friends with a cat. Kind of creepy, uh, honestly. He's a creepy little, little, like, Adam's family kid who's just, like, creeping around Zeal, being a weirdo. Yeah, like, he walks up to Chrono and is like, hey, just gonna let you know, the Black Wind House, one of you is gonna die soon. <laughs> Bye! Later. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, jeez, kid. <laughs> so... It turns out um, this mysterious prophet has shown up and has gotten to, like, uh, Zeal's ear and is uh, encouraging her to increase uh, the power flow from Lavos and whatnot for mysterious reasons. Mm. And after you, like, get into Zeal's quarters and then fighting an absolute cartoon character by the name of Dalton. I <laughs> Love him. Love him. I patched long-haired doofus who is definitely a joke character and definitely will not do anything serious later and have major implications. You learn that... This is an era that where Lavos may actually end up showing up, and so it's, it behooves you to investigate what's going on. But before mm. you can do that, the prophet is like, hey, these people are interlopers. They're going to ruin all your plans. We need to throw them out of here, or at least imprison them. Mm-hmm. So you end up getting imprisoned. Shala frees you, but the, like, the prophet's like, hey, man, I could totally tell Zeal about this, but how about I cut you a deal? We'll just get them out of this time frame. You'll lock the time gate, and we won't worry about any of this. Right. So you get locked out, and it's like, oh, man, well, we can't get back to this era, and it's very, very important that we do so. There's obviously a reason we're supposed to be here. So that's when you go back to 2300 AD, and you remember that crazy old man that was building Which something? Which one? The Wings oh, of Time. okay. Wings, wings of Time, man. Got it. Yeah. Yes. Well, he's died, but it turns out the little new thing that he had, he put his memories into it. <laughs> well, he died. Oh, okay. <laughs> he died. He, did, he just dies <laughs> off screen. Yep. <laughs> sure. And he's like, hey, listen, if you found this, you're probably a time traveler. You could use this. Wait, what? <laughs> if you found this, you're probably a time traveler? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's okay. Like, That's logic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you could totally use this in order to maybe travel time and do what you need to do to stop Lavos because he's the one who's ruined everything. Uh-huh. He also mentions, like, straight up, he's like, yeah, I'm from 1200 BC. Bad things happen there. You should definitely go back there and deal with it. Okay, sure. Yeah, because he reveals himself to be one of the prophets of zeal. Turns out there yeah. are three prophets. Mm. And so it's like, okay, well, I guess we definitely need to go back. And using these, you're able to travel back there. Uh, you end up having to, like, do a few things before you can get back to, to zeal because, like, the gates are closed. Mm. Uh, these include going up the mountain of Lo- Woe, like this giant floating mountain that's, like, connected via a chain. Yeah, how'd that even happen? How'd they do that one? Magic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So they get up there, like, they defeat this giant monster, and they actually free one of the prophets that's up there. That's actually Mechler. Turns out he's from this era, too. He's one of the prophets of Zeal. Yeah, like, the the, the swordsman who's like, yeah, you gotta travel in time to get the Dreamstone. Oh, shit, you got the Dreamstone? How'd that work out? It turns out, yeah, he's Hmm. ancient. Okay, wait, what what time frame did you first meet him in? 1,000 AD. Gotcha, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's like some really weird things are going on with this. These these three, the three what wise men, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. They 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 seem to also exist long, long after this twelve thousand BC timeline. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. 
So with uh, Shala's help, you're able to unlock um, basically the little little teleporters that get you up to Zeal. Because everyone realizes that um, Zeal's about to take maybe a little bit too much power from Lavos, and Lavos is going to wake up and do some bad stuff. Right. Right. And in order to accomplish that, Zeal's actually created something new called the Ocean Palace that's literally just underneath the water, as close to Lavos as possibly can be. Okay, yeah. So you travel down there, and, like, you fight through this Ocean Palace. And, like, during this time, like, Zeal's aiding on Shala to, like, increase the power flow and whatnot. Uh, you know, I haven't really talked a whole lot about Queen Zeal. Queen Zeal basically looks like Rita Repulsa, except shorter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, blue, blue hair as well. She used to be, like, a um, very fair queen, but then just one day after discovering Lavos, she basically went power hungry. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. And so this is the this is the Final Fantasy IX time frame. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She is one hundred percent Queen Braun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there are so many games that will come out later that I'm seeing in this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, this is a very it's pretty influential. Like yeah. Dozens. There's dozens of games that will spawn out of this one mm-hmm. oh, from yeah. Square alone. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, I think I think the the difference between the two is that like Queen Braun at least is a little redeemable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Queen Zeal is she's just a real dirtbag. She is one hundred percent cackling madman. It's great. Yeah. I love her. So, yeah, you see these cutscenes where she's encouraging Shala to like increase the power and like she's getting weaker and weaker while she does this. Shala is. And, like the prophet's mm-hmm. guy getting concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and although he's still pretty cool for it doing this. And so eventually you get to the end of Ocean Palace and you confront Zeal uh, just in time for too much power to be drawn from Lavos and for him to wake up and be like, oh. hi, how's it going? The hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. This is fine. Yeah. Now, this turns out this was the prophet's plan all along because he like throws off his cloak to reveal he's Magus. And he's like, I'm here to okay, get my yeah. revenge. Yeah, that makes sense. And he goes the Ma- like, but, but the Magus who's time traveling from 600 AD. Yes. Yeah. Okay, right. So he... This is the Magus that, or we fought this guy. Magus knows you've already fought him. Right. Yeah. This is the same one. We fell in the portal together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just happened to go to six uh, to 1200, 12,000 BC while you went far, far back. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So like, he tries to fight Lavos and is immediately just murked. Like he doesn't go well for him. And so your team's like, well, no time like the present. And you try <laughs> to fight Lavos. And it goes poorly. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. And Lavos just absolutely ends up wiping you. And, like, in order to save your party, Chronos, Chrono, like, kind of sacrifices himself to so just try to fight him by, by himself. Mm-hmm. And Lavos is like, how about I just completely disintegrate you instead? <laughs> and so <laughs> Chrono dies. He kills the main Damn. character. Mm-hmm. And so Shala is like, oh, I need to get you all out of here. So she transports your two other party members and Magus out of there. Lavos at the same time opens up a time portal and sucks in Shala, uh, Janice, who's also there, and the three prophets, Meckler, Gaspar, and Beth- Belthasar, yeah. and transport them all to different time periods. Uh, Meckler goes to 1000 AD, uh, Belthasar goes to 2300 AD, and Gaspar, who we really haven't met at this point, goes to an inky yeah. darkness, and he goes, oh, this must be the end of time. So he's the old man with the bowler hat. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then Magus, not Magus, well, I guess he is Magus. Yeah. Uh, goes to 680, Janice does, where he's discovered by Ozzy, and 
presumably develops like fun magic powers and what have you. Yeah, they raise him to do magic and become their evil king and mm. black yeah. wind howls, etc., etc. Et so that, et that, that creepy cat kid becomes Magus. Yep. Wait, n- no, I missed it. What? Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Janice, yeah. the creepy cat kid. Okay, got it. Becomes Magus he, because he gets he gets he gets thrown yeah into six hundred AD and raised. Yep. By, okay. by monsters, by the the, the wait. Mystics. What does he want his revenge for then? Because oh, La- because... Lavos fucked everything up in his timeline. Yeah. Okay. He hates yeah. Lavos. Yeah. He explains this like pretty much like right after when he's just straight up like because oh. you meet up with him uh, out- outside. Wait. So he wanted to summon Lavos to kill him? Yeah. Yep. That seems like a bad plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it turns out it was. Very. He found that out real quickly. <laughs> yeah. Though I mean, like, okay, so. Magus was going to summon Lavos to kill him, right? Like, right. if we're looking at, like, okay, let's think about, like, an unchanged timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess the implication is that Magus raises Lavos in 600 AD and maybe just dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That seems okay. to be the implication. Right. All right, cool. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Magus yeah. should be thanking us. We saved his life. Indeed, we did. Yeah. Indeed Wait, we did. would Lavos just go back to sleep after that? Yeah, he's not mature he, yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he actually wakes up in 1200 BC after he does all this like t- time travel stuff and transports everyone away, and he uh-huh. just destroys the Zeal Kingdom. Like he right. shoots okay. all his like right. lasers out up up into the continents floating above, destroys them. They fall into the ocean, flood the entire world except for a small island, uh. and more or less. Just leaves humanity with just like a bunch of stragglers left behind. Yeah. Wait, then how is he weaker in six hundred eight? Oh, he's. I mean, because he's yeah, so, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, I think the implication is that basically he's come to Earth sixty five million right. years ago to yep. like gestate, yep. right, and sort of like mature inside, um, and then like by nineteen ninety nine he'll be good to go. Yeah, but. Right. 600? A little early. A little early. Yeah. Like about a thousand years. We'll, right. we'll learn about the weird life cycle of Lavos' species yeah. in a little bit. Because it's it's wild. <laughs> right. But then when he woke up in 1200 BC, he just completely annihilated. He got Zeal. mad. And he was yeah, like, because they go were taking to... his energy. They were like, he's like, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh. He, he gets mad and then he goes back to sleep. Because yep. he's, he's a sleepy little baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and... feel like he could take whatever at that point, though. Like, if you can flood the world, you're probably good. You probably are, but... Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't feeling it? Wasn't feeling <laughs> it. He just was not feeling it. Lavos All right. doesn't want destruction. He wants sleepy Not times. yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, so you end up surviving. You're with these stragglers when uh, all of a sudden, good old Dalton shows up. Turns out he survived with his giant flying ship, the Blackbird. And he's like, yeah, I'm the, king the, now. The fucking joke character shows up. What is what is he king of? Whatever's left of the world. Yeah. Earth. Which ain't much. <laughs> so he beats you up and he like takes uh, your party members prisoner. And um, Okay. Uh depending on who you select, either this next dungeon is going to be difficult or incredibly easy. Because he takes oh. away all your weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Unless you have Ayla, whose weapons are her fists, in which case right. you just punch everything. Right. <laughs> So Dalton and you end up like fighting Dalton. He like also takes control of the Apoc, the um the wings of time that you had. Okay. Which, by the way, the the wings of time are literally just like a time traveling machine that's just on the ground. Right. But okay. he goes, yeah. I could do one better. 
What if I put wings on it? <laughs> put wings it, on the wings of wow. time. Yeah. Wow. And it makes it a flying machine. Right. Okay, sure. And you actually fight Dalton on top of it and end up, like, just messing him up. And, like, mm. he tries to summon, like, one of his, like, monsters called Gloams, but um, he's unable to do so and instead gets sucked into the darkness beyond time. Oh. And he's gone forever. He's gone forever. He def- there will definitely be no implications with that. None, none at all. None at all. So now you have a cool flying machine uh, you dest- and that also, for some reason, has laser guns on it. You destroy the Blackbird, <laughs> and you meet up with Magus, who basically tells you his entire life story. He, that's how you learn that. He wanted revenge because his sister ended up being harmed by Lavos. He has no idea where she is and wants to rescue her one day. And then you have the choice of like just straight up like fighting him with Frog there and just messing him up or recruiting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the canonical thing is that he joins your party, so that's what's going to happen right. here. And so now, now you're hanging out with a strong wizard. That's cool. Yeah, cool. I mean, it was just good because the, the strongest member of your party did get disintegrated. Yeah. Yeah. Which, speaking of, um, I wonder how we're going to rescue him. You can't. There's no way to save someone's, someone's dead is dead. Yeah. We can't, we can't save his, uh, wait, time travel. Oh, wait, time, time travel. travel. Yeah. So, yeah, you go and talk to Gaspar at the end, end of time about this, and he's like, oh, that's sad. Well, I have this thing called the time egg. Also call it a chrono trigger. Time ah. travel. And, you know, maybe if you were to get a clone of his body and replace it at the time of impact, you could keep the time frame going forward just fine, but also get Chrono back. Just oh, have... we worried about the time frame now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are now. <laughs> so you go get a clone of Chrono's body and you go to 2300 AD. You have to climb this thing called Death Mountain. Stop. <laughs> wait, wait. What what do you mean you get a clone of Chrono's body? Yeah, what does that mean? You, you do need to explain that. Okay, so at the Millennial Fair, this is dude named Spikio. No, um, no, no, it's um, Norstein Beckler. Norstein Beckler, right, thank you, yes. thank you. Spikio's the, the other magic dude. Yeah, um, he's the right. god of war. Yes, uh, and um, yeah, you can play this game where if you do a mashing game, uh, you just get a weird clone of your party member. Like a clone and... doll that hangs out at their house and just yeah. sort of like does facial expressions yeah what but apparently it's like made of blood and flesh apparently it is yeah why why is that a thing that's available there is Northeen beckler is a face and hands and nothing else yeah and okay. like he is one million percent not explained <laughs> Yeah, they don't. There, there are no hints this. in any of the games about him. It's just like, yeah, remember that weird face and floating hands from the beginning of the game? Yeah, let's go get a, go get a clone of Chrono from him. Yeah, and, and he's just like, hi, I'm a face and hands. You want a clone? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> if you can yeah, mash the button hard enough or whatever. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do this. <laughs> so yeah, you get that, and then you go to 2380 and you climb up Death Mountain. Death Mountain is basically the location of where Lavos froze up, and then destroy the world, mm. and then all the stony fragments fall in there and just create this giant mountain of hell. Yeah. Okay. That's it's, literally... it's, a, it's a rough dungeon, because, like, there's wind blowing you out of it as you mm. come in. And, yeah, mm, it's a whole and thing. there's, like, literally the, like, spawn of Lavos are hanging yeah, the, out of the there. the Lavos babies. They're hard mini-boss fights. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, the what's left of Belthazar and the new, like, kind of sends up devices to help you up there, because he's like, oh, yeah, no, don't worry. I got your back on this. Also, I really just want to sleep now. Can you please turn off this new and just allow me to sleep forever? Yeah, it's kind of it dark. Just, he does kind of have you assist his suicide. Yeah, he kind of does. It's like, oh, damn, dude. So you climb up there. You get to the one lone tree that's left on the peak of the mountain. And 
the timing breaks and everyone's like oh no i guess we can't rescue chrono except an eclipse happens uh because it's the one place above the clouds where you can actually see the sky uh-huh and you get transported back to right when chrono's about to be disintegrated so you just grab his body you put fake body there you transport back and hey chrono's alive and okay, Marley, so you climb you climb up Death Mountain to happen to see an eclipse, which sends you back and for, or forward in time, through time. Yeah, yeah, via the time make. Yes, yeah, it sends you backwards okay. to the moment of his death. Mm-hmm. Right in twelve thousand yeah. BC. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay. And yeah, so at this point, Marley, who's like super in love with Chrono, like hugs him and whatnot. It's like, man, I thought we were going to lose you forever, and and now he's back, and now and, it's time and, to go. And, and he responds by saying nothing. He's yeah, weird. he's just like yeah, because he's like, why am I on this mountain? Why is it cold? Can we please leave? Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, now it's time to go and fight Lavos. Except you know, there's a bunch of like weird side quests to do. Some that are more relevant than others. Like there's one where you have to go shut down like an AI who's literally processing humanity in 2300 AD. Right. Where you meet Robo's girlfriend, who's pink Robo but with a bow. Yeah, Tropos. Right. There's um. There's another where you go into the old uh, Magus's flunkies, uh, all these slashes fleas. They try to restart the war. Yeah, you put uh, Frog's friend Cyrus's ghost to rest. Yeah, but really, uh, probably the big one to talk about is Lucas. Yeah. So there's this big old giant desert in the southern continent that um, there's this like one lady in 680 who's trying to like replant a forest there, but she's unable to do so. Turns out because there's monsters. So you go and murder mm. the monsters, and then she's like, oh, but I'm going to die long before I can replant this forest, and I'm just one person. So Robo's like, what if I just stay behind and just help her plant stuff and make a forest? No. Uh-huh. So you do that. You're like, okay, cool. We'll just travel forward in time and pick you up. <laughs> we'll pick you up in 1000 right. AD. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, when you go back to 1000 AD, like, you're just sur- there's a bunch of forests there, and like there's an owl cathedral. I guess there's two cathedrals in the world. Right. But uh, this, is, this is the one that's meant to Robo-Jesus. Yeah, this is for Robo Jesus, who's like real messed up looking, but he's yeah. able to be turned back on and like Luca repairs him and whatnot. And so you have this like a uh, campfire scene in the forest where you basically start to speculate why the heck all these gates time are forming on forming up. And Lo- Robo's like, man, I've been able to spend four hundred years thinking about this, and I feel like these are here for a reason. I feel like fate is guiding us along a journey, and there's some sort of entity out there who sees this injustice that's about to happen and one reason or another they selected us to just solve these problems mm-hmm. yeah like they basically it's been very you know uh convenient how a lot of these time gates have led to exactly where they need them to go yeah you know right. which i mean like obviously yeah it's a video game right mm. right um yeah. but robo's like okay. no, no i think it's like the- something is doing it Right. I mean, the Eclipse one feels like kind of the nail in the coffin. It's like, oh, the <laughs> Eclipse just happened to throw you to the exact moment. Well, that's yeah, because of the, the time egg chrono trigger, obviously. That's technology. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, they're all like, this is just really weird. Well, there's no way to really prove this. So let's just go ahead and take a nap and just go to sleep for the night. Mm. But then Luca is like awoken when she sees this red time gate that just happens to take her back exactly to a moment that traumatized her in her life. And the only red time gate in the entire game. The only one. And Mm -hmm. one that's going to set her on the path to becoming an inventor where 10 years ago in 990 AD, uh, Luca, whose mom is alive, but does not have legs. uh, 
basically is trying to clean one of her husband's machines. And it turns mm-hmm. on and basically what happens is the machine sucks her in and basically chews up her legs. Mm-hmm. But Luca is able to turn this machine off and change the time frame so that she continues to have legs, you know, is able to walk. Uh-huh. And so she like does this and like, or fails to do so depending on how you do it. And like, she confides in Lo- Robo later about like how this was like a pivotal moment for her. This is what caused her to be a, you know, caused her to be an inventor and caused her to go down the path she did. Mm-hmm. And like, she confines all these things in Robo and, and like Robo like comforts her and whatnot and you know tells her about how you know he's glad that to have met her and be repaired by her. And like one thing I really like about this game is they do a pretty good job about some of the interpersonal relationships in these parties. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. really like Luca's and Robo's. They have a really good rapport. Mm-hmm. And like Luca has a lot of her like most tender moments with Robo. Hmm. I mean, Which, who, who better for her to relate to? Really, exactly right. right? Yeah, and it's good that they do that because obviously Chrono being a silent protagonist, even though he's her best friend, you can't. It'd be way too one-sided if they tried to do that with him. So it's good uh-huh. that they had Robo be this kind of foil for her. Right. Yeah. Imagine if your silent protagonist tried to be like the emotional sounding board for some of your other characters' most important trauma persona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't quite work, right? <laughs> Doesn't quite land <laughs> as much as you'd hope. Nope. Nope. So yeah, that's probably the most important side quest. But th- the one final quest that you do is that um, you remember that ocean palace that was like sucking up all of Lavas's power. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it turns out it survived, and because of the way time got changed, instead somehow got the ability to fly. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> You're very willing to accept that. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Why wouldn't that happen? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it rises up to the sky in 12,000 BC, and it's called the Black Omen. And it's really funny because it's known as the Black Omen in future periods, and, like, your mom, like, looks out the sky and is like, oh, wow, the Black Omen is so beautiful, glistening in the, in the sunny sky like that. You're you like, can't call it that and then just be okay with it being around. <laughs> yeah, no, you really can't. Well, I, really, as really far really as they're concerned, it's just kind of always been there. Yeah. Because, like, the Black Omen raises in 12,000 BC, but also, like, exists, like, in every other timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to rename it to the questionable omen, maybe, <laughs> at a certain point. Like, after 13,000 years, if nothing happens, you just gotta be like, okay, maybe it's not an omen. Maybe it's just a thing. Maybe maybe it's just a cool <laughs> omen, bro. I mean, maybe maybe it's not an omen of anything because nothing happened, right? Yeah. I guess you could yeah. always just be like, you know, oh, dang, I stubbed my toe. Oh, mm. black omen. Black omen. Uh, uh. Oh, no, I dropped this plate. Oh, black oh, omen. black omen. <laughs> oh, no, the black omen's really clear today. I might break <laughs> something. It's just, it's just an odd, it's just, that's actually really terrifying. I'm going to get a flat wagon wheel. <laughs> <laughs> a gigantic like source of bad luck that is always in the sky mm-hmm. but really mundane bad luck right, yeah. just, right. Oh. <laughs> oh it's a cloudy day today can't see the omen maybe i should go golfing <laughs> yeah yeah so you, you can travel to this black omen and um and actually fight your way through it because you know once again it's just the ocean palace like all throughout mm-hmm. it queen zeal shows up to basically cackle like a madman at you Right. Like, okay. Lavas is gonna kill all of you. It's gonna suck. Y'all, all gonna die. 
It's going to be great. I'm going to laugh the entire time. Wait, why does she want that? Because she is just at this point just batshit insane. Okay. Yeah. How did that happen? Oh, just came power mad. And, like, yeah, she, she's basically no. been rendered immortal by Lavas' power. Because, like, Lava, she literally, like, hangs out on Lavas' shell, like, during a whole Ocean Palace incident. And I guess Lavas oh. is like, you seem rad. You get to live forever. I think, like, the implication oh. is that she's been tainted by the Lavas yeah. energies. Like, she's been right. immutably corrupted. Mm. The, it, can it do that? I guess um, so. I mean, like, I, I there, well, there's... Yes, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> we're going to get to that. I was going okay. to say, in Chrono Trigger, it's hinted at. It's, it's directly stated later on that yeah, yeah. Lavos can kind of okay. just corrupt folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you fight your way through this, um, through the Black Omen, and you get all the way to the throne room there, where you, you see that, like, Zeal's kind of gotten, like, a bit of an obsession with you and your party, because, like, there's literally, like, clones of all your bodies just hanging oh. out and... Or, like, projections or something, anyways. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's, like, like hanging out in front of, like, the broken mammoth machine. She's just kind of hung out with it. And mm-hmm. you end up... Like, if you bring, like, Magus along as well, she, like, also, like, taunts her and whatnot. And is, like, totally ready to just throw down with her. Mm-hmm. And you have maybe, like, one of my favorite series of boss fights the entire game. Where you just straight up fight first her, the mammoth machine. And then you just are on top of the Black Omen on the edge of space as you fight... Like, her giant face and, like, gloved hands. Yes. As she just does her best to try to murder you. And, like, it's really great, too, because if you bring along Magus, like, his theme plays during the entire time. Mm. Yeah, because like, you're, you're killing his mom. Oh, right. Yeah, and it's such a good yeah. fight. By the end, you end up defeating her, and she's like, oh, man, well, that's okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send this beam of energy down into, into the surface of the Earth. Lavos is gonna is gonna come up and he's gonna take care of y'all. So see you later. Black Omen's like disintegrates. Lavos rises up, and from there you actually begin the final battle. Oh, yeah. Now you can actually trigger the final battle like numerous different ways. Once again, you can go there at any point using the bucket. That's at the end of right. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also do the end of time method, or you can do the raddest method where you take the epoch, the flying epoch, to nineteen ninety nine A.D. And uh, you just slammed Epoch straight into a shell. Yeah, you just, you just <laughs> crashed into that motherfucker. It's great. Yeah, it's great because you skip this first form and you just go to the final fight. Oh. Yeah. But the first well, fight like, is really cool. It's really cool because he basically summons like, he basically imbues himself with the powers of previous bosses, uh, including like their total HP values and stats. So like you get through uh-huh. these like really quick and then you just fight his shell and like destroy him. But like, right. even when you destroy a shell, it just leaves an opening. And you're like, oh, no, the real monster's inside. So you all run mm-hmm. in there, end up in his innards, which are, like, super creepy. You just hear, like, heartbeats and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then you walk up to the center core, which is, like, this weird, like, cell, as in, like, cell from uh, Dragon Ball. Right. Okay, sure. Hanging out in the center, like, just ready to mess you up. And you're like, oh, this is this his final form? What is this? Yeah. And, and you're like, well, no time like the present. Let's go ahead and mess this guy up. And then my favorite music track in the entire game plays World Revolution. World Revolution, so baby. Oh, it's so good. It's I, very, very good. <laughs> I, I might put a sample in the in the podcast. Yeah. To, it's so good. It's so good. And so, yeah, you fight this dude who, like, just is absolutely powerful and is able to just, like, mess you up easily. 
But eventually you destroy him, and you're like, okay, the core's down, it's dead. Except, no, this weird, pale alien-looking thing in, like, a spacesuit just stands up. Like, with this weird, like, blackened eyes and gaping mouth that's, like, circular. Just mm. awkwardly breathing. You're like, oh, it's, like, really humanoid. And that's sort when you of? get the load. But Like, it's kind of humanoid. He also kind of looks like a weird duck dog to me. <laughs> like, he kind of does. Yeah, I, like, I always looked at his face. I was like, oh, he looks like Frieza from Dragon Ball and, like, Droopy Dog kind of, <laughs> like, merged together. It's great. It's great. It's really, really great. And so, like, oh, wait. Now, this is something that is technically, like, translation liberties that were taken for the English version of Chrono Trigger, but are going to be later mm -hmm. confirmed in Chrono Cross. So we uh -huh. can go ahead and talk about it now. So Lavos' entire thing was this. He, his species lands on planets, they burrow themselves into the ground, and then they basically suck up all the energy from the planet. Now, in order to maximize the energy, they can, to a certain extent, control the evolution of creatures on the planet. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so humanity became super smart and powerful because of Lavos' influence. It's also why he didn't destroy the world when he rose up in 12,000 BC, because he still had a little bit more juice he could pull out. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, but because of that, he also sort of takes on the form of whatever creatures he's influencing and drawing power from, which is why he looks like this awful humanoid, weird squid creature. With duck feet. With duck feet. Mm. So the party's like horrified to learn all this. And they're like, oh, we cannot allow this to happen. This man has to be murdered now, or whatever this creature mm -hmm. is. And so you fight the final form of Lavos as he, like, transports you to, like, different time periods. And, like, you have this really weird fight where his core is actually not his core that you would think of it as. But it's, like, this little bit off to his side. Yeah, and, like, it's, it's, uh -huh. I think it's, like, one of the best, like, misdirections in a final boss. Yeah. Because, like, the, you know, the main the main duck guy is in the center, surrounded by these two things. You're like, okay, cool. I got to focus on the main guy in the center. But the actual final boss is just the one on the left. Mm -hmm. That looks exactly like the one on the right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's so good. It's so good. You end up killing him, and, like, it causes, like, a time distortion to happen that you're able to escape from somehow. And you change time. Everything is going to be fine now. Hmm. So Chrono, like, he's, like, woken up by some guards in his house. Like, he just ends mm -hmm. up going home, going to sleep, and he's woken up by some um, uh, guardian prison guards, and they're like, hey, uh, today's the day of your execution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, you're still, you still committed the crimes. Yeah, so <laughs> right. you gotta do the time in hell. Yeah, and so you're taken to the castle, and, like, Marley is like, hey, no, I love him. You can't do this. What, do you, what is wrong with you? And the king's like, no. We have to cast judgment on him now. The judgment that he's pretty rad. And then everybody <laughs> from all the different time periods comes in. Like, Kino shows up and is like, hey, you're pretty cool. Doan, the uh, old man from 2300 AD, still in rags, is like, man, our future's so much better. Thanks. Yeah. Don't ask how that works. <laughs> and, the, and the implication is that all the people showing up are also, like, part of the Guardian line, too. Yeah. So, like, Doan is, uh -huh. is Marl's, like, descendant. And Kino... Mm -hmm. Uh, is is uh, an ancestor of, of yeah. Nadia. And it's just like, yeah, we're all here to say you're great. Thanks so much for saving time. 
Yeah. Okay, is the Guardian line aware of all of this? Like, is do these people just show up through time gates and the king is like, oh, cool. No, I they mean, good to see y'all. They literally walk out from behind, like, a curtain, essentially. And they're like, hi, we're here, too. I think, I think like, Lucas set it all up to just sort of surprise yeah. you. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a really, like, good Harvey Birdman being in prison for three years sort of moments. Like, <laughs> oh, we were just joking right. about your execution. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so they're like, hey, we're going to have a celebration about it tonight. We're going to have a night festival, and I'm going to have something to commemorate it. The king says this. And yeah, no, Chrono, you're cool. You could totally marry my daughter if you want to. So you go and have, like, this cool celebration in in Lean Square, and, like, the king puts up a new bell called Nadia's Bell. He's like, this is going to be to commemorate uh, the kingdom of a guardian, how it's going to basically last forever. Uh-huh. And um, he ends up, like, kind of getting stuck up there because, like, it's attached to balloons and whatnot. Mm. And then you're like, well, first you go back to the original time gate near uh, Lucas uh, Transporters, and you bid a ter- tearful goodbye to everybody as everybody goes back to their time periods. Right. You, you learn the time gates are starting to weaken and fade away, which kind of mm-hmm. lets credence that some sort of entity was helping you out with all this. Yeah, now that right. Lavos' threat is gone, then they don't need the gates anymore. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's very tearful. Like, obviously, Robo is, like, incredibly sad to leave Luca. And... But Wait, why does Robo need to go back? Because, well, you know, it can mess up time if he hangs it out. It can mess up time, but also there's, <sighs> like, Doan has implied that, like, 2300 AD is pretty legit now. Like, even though, <laughs> even though he does show up still in, like, his potato sack rags. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's still the same <laughs> right. sprite. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, no, 2300 AD ain't so bad now. Because mm. the world didn't blow up in 99, so it's fine. Okay, but, like, does Robo have, like, friends to go back he to? He does. I guess he has a girlfriend. He does have oh, a yeah, girlfriend. His, yeah. yeah, his Robo girlfriend no longer is a genocidal monster, so... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was just, like, invented to kill all humanity, right? But now yeah. he's been invented he to, you know, hang out with his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't really have, like, a job to go back to, like... <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's not <laughs> he could just chill at 1000 there's, there's not a lot of employment prospects yeah. for a genocide robot huh <laughs> yeah it's like okay oh no i've made a terrible mistake <laughs> i mean i guess frog has stuff to go back to but like mm-hmm. his best friend's dead yeah frog's gonna go back i think to like continue to defend the kingdom of mm-hmm. guardia he, he seems to like just be Really cool with uh, Queen Lean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that all happens. A very, very sad version of like Marl's theme plays. That's like very also triumphant at the same time. Yeah. And like everybody leaves and the time gate disappears. And so it's just Chrono, Marl, and Marley and Luca. And they're like, well, that was a fun adventure. Anyways, let's go back and yeah, let's put up Nadia's bell. King gets stuck. And like King's like, hey, Nadia, can you help me out with this? And she's like, well... We're gonna go see all our friends, and so they hop into Epoch and like just like fly around and go to different time periods, and yeah, and that's it. Wait, and the credits roll. Credits roll. Wait, wait, they still have the time machine. Oh yeah, no, that still works. It's fine. That's yeah, still works. What was the tearful goodbyes for? They could just go to any time to see them whenever. That's kind of hilarious, actually. But (laughs) wait, what do you mean? They just spent like ten minutes having the most heartfelt goodbyes and like farewell forevers and it's all sad and melancholic and emotional and then she's just like welp see ya gonna go visit 
Yeah, the, the honest truth is that there, there's a different ending if you slam the Epoch into Lavos, oh. where um, instead they try to put up the Bell, Chrono, and Marley, and they have the flying way on balloons, and it's really romantic and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, that probably actually works better is probably the canonical ending. Yeah, right. but they're both... But also, there's also like 12 endings total. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And the, I, I prefer the... The music track, I think Far Away Times is what it's called, which is yeah. the K-pop mm-hmm. ending one. So that's my canonical ending. But yeah, the end. Everything is going to be fine and great, and nothing ever is going to go wrong from here. Sounds radical. But, but wait, you had, the, you had the PS1 it's... version, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, um, no. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an after credits cutscene. Yeah, there might be an after credits cutscene where you see the Kingdom of Guardia on fire and a bunch of people dying. Yeah. Oh. No. One yeah. one one thousand five A.D. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh wow, five yeah. whole years, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They put up this bell and said Guardians going to exist forever. Five years later, uh, we shouldn't have said that one. Yeah, hmm. yeah. If I remember correctly, the cutscene that plays literally plays right after a cutscene of Chrono and Marley getting married. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. The yeah the the final anime cutscene is like. Chrono and Marl get married. Ayla goes back to her time uh, and, mm-hmm. like, kisses Kino. Uh, yeah. Frog transforms back into uh, his human form of Glenn, yeah. uh, where he looks like green-haired mm-hmm. Vegeta. He um, totally does. Yeah. Sure. Robo is Makes in the future sense. just sort of chilling uh, with Atropos, and mm-hmm. Marl and Chrono get married. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, and then everything burns five years later. <laughs> yeah. I see. And it's like, oh, wow, that sucks. Well... I wonder if this will ever be explained. Well, it's if you have Chrono Trigger DS, it will be. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so Chrono Trigger DS oh, is actually no. a pretty good port of the game. Uh, yeah. That inca- mm-hmm. contains extra dungeons and whatnot uh, at the end. Uh, well, it contains one good dungeon, and it contains another that's bad, but it has all the plot. Right. No. Uh, the bad dungeon. Yeah, the bad dungeon is like a lot of the Final Fantasy, like four and five, four, five, and mm-hmm. six remakes where. Uh, they basically were like, let's just reuse old bosses and... Right, but they're harder now. Yeah. It's it's a lot. Basically what happens is you go through this time gate and you end up in this weird place where you end up fighting clones of yourself and you also run into everyone's favorite cartoon character, Dalton. Yeah. He's really upset. And so you yeah. beat... And you're like, I was supposed to be king of everything. You're like, whatever. Beat him up again. And he's like... Oh, I'm so upset about this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to this very small town called Poor, which is just south of Guardia. In the same time period, I'm going to convince him to raise an army. I'm going to destroy the kingdom you know and love. And so the implication Bye. is that he just does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because um, the, the kingdom that ends up getting invaded by... Guardia ends up getting invaded by Poor and destroyed. I have several questions. <laughs> uh, one... Where did they get all the people to? If he just told you all this, why didn't you go over there and stop him? Oh, you want you want something even better, Alex? Yeah. There's a side quest where you've learned the mayor of Poor is like a greedy guy, and then you uh-huh. change history to make him very nice. Okay. And then I guess in that five year period, Dalton shows up and is like, "But what if you were evil?" You're right. Why does no one go to Poor and stop Dalton in those five years? <laughs> or after those five years with their time machine. Chrono, yeah, great Chrono, question. Chrono and got married. Yeah. Luca. Fa- mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sorry. In the anime cutscene, Luca also found a baby in the woods. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. It's a very important baby. Yeah, she found a baby in well, a pendant in the woods. It's fine. It's normal. 
Mm, and okay. um, well, she's she's a Toriyama character, so she's got to have a baby, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're all busy. <laughs> yeah, they're all busy. Chrono's the new king of king of Guardia. He's got a, he's he's ruling. Chrono a got married to another party member. Mm-hmm. They're both adventurers. No, no, no. He's he's royalty now. He's got still. He's got to like do, you know dignitary meetings he's like filling out paperwork all the time did he not have a dignitary meeting to pour while (laughs) dalton was raising an army there in this small village that is by definition not wealthy (laughs) and has few people with which to make an army well you know who went into this army like at least like 10 people at least 10 people yes wow Listen, Luminaire, <laughs> the strongest spell in the game, is 20 MP. Chrono only has 99 MP. He's going to run out before he kills those 10 people. Right, and, exactly. Yeah. And he sold all his weapons in order to fund universal health care in, in Guardia. So, mm-hmm. you know, right. he, he's got nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, that I, I, you're right. I can totally see how the kingdom that stood for a thousand years fell to <laughs> a town literally called Poor. <laughs> What, is Luca going to give all of them guns? What is she going to do? Yes. <laughs> I mean, maybe she does. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I, I guess just to, to be really, like, looking at some wikis here, because mm-hmm. I, I want to answer that question. I think it's worth answering. Um, yeah. Okay. During events not shown in any game, Dalton <laughs> apparently traveled to the present and helped pour a mass an army um between uh 1003 and 1005 in 1005 the army attacked guardia uh and that's it he just yeah. do- he just does it there is zero explanation it. it's great yeah is this important for chrono cross yes yes all of this is backported into these games to explain what happens in chrono cross yeah cuz right. yeah the 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 baby the army all of this is like related to chrono cross chrono cross has already been released at this point mm-hmm. right 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 okay so i obviously can't criticize chrono cross yet because we haven't gotten there <laughs> yeah the fact that you threw dalton to the end of time and then could have put him anywhere yeah in mm-hmm. any plot i feel like you maybe didn't need to just do a uh, five years later Guardia Falls. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, okay. You could have so built that up a little more. Guardia Falls, but then I want you to keep in mind, like, and, and Dalton gets his revenge, Guardia Falls, and while that is important, Dalton is not a part of Chrono Cross, and he does not appear in that game, and it is assumed that he is dead, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Guardia isn't also in Chrono Cross either, really? Yeah. <laughs> But it is important, promise. Yeah. I feel like you could have put this plot point maybe a little further in the future. I feel like you could have just not had, this, had not had this plot point because it's kind of a bummer. It's just a yeah. huge bummer. It's a huge yeah. bummer. Well, but okay, even then, like the idea of like, okay, 200 years later, Guardia fell. Sure. Like that. that's significant. Given for anyone, you know, who played Chrono Trigger and has this context... Like the idea that Guardia fell is oh that's that's big that's major right it is and it happens like five but, years after you save the world 
Yep. Right. And it has, it might as well actually have no impact on Chrono Cross. They really don't have to have that plot point. It's great. Yeah. Like, having, 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 you know, basically your main characters, like, lose off screen Mm. between games. Right. Kind of sucks. It does. Kind of sucks. Don't worry. It gets worse. (laughs) Oh, it gets so much worse. Mm. (laughs) But that's going to be for (laughs) next episode. As we dive into Chrono Cross and also talk about a little thing called Radical Dreamers. Ooh. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about Radical Dreamers. Uh, who doesn't oh. love a good text adventure that may or may not be canonical? <laughs> oh, I certainly do. Well, Alex, Matt, I do appreciate you all joining me. Uh, Matt, do you have anything to plug, by the way? Um, Yeah, twitch.tv slash cartridge blowers. Go there for video game. The yeah. only one. The only video game. The only mm-hmm. video game. Yes. The all you. I, I, oh, go ahead, Matt. Uh, I, I have a. I have a very important question to ask. Yeah. Very me. important. Hit me. What's the best version of Chrono Trigger to play? The Super Nintendo version. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, even even though it doesn't have the cutscenes. Yeah. So there. So. Oh, there's there's a there's a MSU one patch. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. If, yeah, yeah. I guess I'll plug something else. Go to youtubecom cartridgeblowers, uh, where you can find my full playthrough of Chrono Trigger with the MSU one patch uh, hmm. that adds in. Uh, I didn't do the anime cutscenes, but I did like you can play it with like orchestral soundtracks and stuff. Hmm. Oh, hmm. it's good. It's good. It's good. But hey, Square, yeah. if you just want to like pixel remaster this one too, that'd be fine too. It's whatever. Totally. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was the um, Super version with like some mods. Any script updates to deal with? Like, I I personally don't think it needs a retranslation, but I'm also a Ted Wesley stan. So right, I, I'm okay. in the same right. boat. Um, the DS version has a quote unquote better translation, but mm. also gets rid of frogs, these and thous. Yeah. So uh, it can, so mm. so it can actually go straight to hell. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it should be mentioned that the DS version is a good port of that game. Oh, very uh, much so. Yeah, the the ports you want to avoid are, of course, the PlayStation One and the mobile versions. I do not recommend. Yeah, the, right. the Steam version is the mobile version, but mm. I've heard that it's gotten a lot of like improvements, and I think there's also mods to make it better as well. I, I heard the mobile version honestly got much better too. Yeah, they just they, like they, it got a lot of post-release support. Like just yeah, recently, yes. they've done some stuff, and that game's like the mobile port's been out for like six or seven years at this point yeah mm-hmm. but yeah okay still but can't still probably probably modded super nintendo version yeah i just yeah, i would just play the snes rom mm-hmm. or something yeah yeah okay and if you anybody out there is afraid of playing a 60 hour jrpg don't worry it's not it's 20 yeah it's like the shortest like, jrpg of all time you really don't need to grind mm. yeah i've heard it like it's it's pacing is very not grindy yeah. it's very like it's well designed in the way that it knows how long you should spend on any given part. Yeah. And the only reason you'd want to grind is if you want to one, like just annihilate everything, um, mm-hmm. which is perfectly right. reasonable. Um, or yeah. two, like you'll need to grind a little bit if you want to beat Lavos. So in the post game, you this is like the very first game with new game plus. Yeah. And mm. um when you replay the game again, you can fight Lavos at any time during the game. Right. And so, depending on when you beat him, you get a different ending. Mm. And so, like, if you beat him with Chrono at the very beginning by himself, you get a specific ending. Mm. Um, mm. And you kind of want to be pretty buff for that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. 
Like even you, if you, I think it's pretty early on if you want to get the ending where you meet the dream team, mm-hmm. which is a great ending. Yeah, you have to oh, do that or beat Lavos at the Ocean Palace because he's yeah. actually buffed at that point. Yeah, it's a tough, mm. tough fight. Mm. Mm. But yeah, that's going to do it for us. Once again, Alex, Matt, appreciate you all joining us. Glad to be here. Everyone should play Ground Sugar. And we'll see you all again next time. Take care, everybody.